As everyone knows, Brody Lee was an incredible man. You hear and look at what people had to say about the guy and how close he was to his peers and other wrestlers, and he was beloved and adored by all. Uh, now, I gave some of my early thoughts on the passing of Brody at the start of last week's episode, almost immediately after the news came out. Uh, and now we are one week in, off the back of AEW's incredible execution of a pretty newsworthy tribute show in honor of Brody Lee that honestly should have never happened this soon. Plus, you guys, I'm sure, do have a lot to say about what transpired last week. Uh, WWE themselves came out and acknowledged his passing a few times on social media over the weekend, and they even showed a brief tribute graphic of Brody Lee at the start of Monday Night Raw earlier this week. Add to that Drew McIntyre, quoting Brody's famous, it's this day of the week, you know what that means, that he used to tweet out on Twitter every single day when he was portraying Luke Harper while with the E. You also had Xavier Woods doing his signature taunt, followed by his signature discus lariat as a tribute to Brody in his match on the show. He clearly meant a lot to those he worked with. But really, other than the graphic shot that we saw that started Raw off, that was really the extent that WWE went out for Brody Lee and paying homage to him themselves. And you know, I see people on Twitter losing their minds about how they are being insensitive and not really caring about his passing because they didn't do a 10-bill salute or a tribute package proper. Listen, they could have done more if they wanted to, but they were not obligated to do anything. Brody hasn't been with the company for a full year up to his passing, and before that, he worked hard to get out of his contract with them due to pure frustration over not being used to the standards of his talent. It's very interesting how people forget that. I just wanted to add, but please go on. Yeah. What did they do? Refused to release him and added months on his deal for being out due to constant injuries. They did not surprise me at all with not going above and beyond with paying a special tribute to him. They did release a video package on Brody on social media after Dynamite's own tribute show concluded. And I don't really know why they decided not to air it during Raw itself, but maybe it's because even they felt that AEW should have the honors in properly paying tribute to Brody first since he was signed with them as, you know, wrestling for them. So if that's the case, that was a nice gesture on their part. Uh, speaking of which, this week's edition of AEW Dynamite was all for one purpose, to celebrate the life and career of that man, John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. Pretty much all the storylines and the feuds that were playing out on the show in previous weeks, heading up to this week, took a backseat for the occasion. Mostly, at least. You had the show start off with a proper 10-bell salute for Brody, and everyone employed with the company were out to partake in the segment, including his wife Amanda and their two sons, Brody Jr. and Nolan. They were also part of it. All the matches that we saw on the show this week consisted of at least one member of the Dark Order, Brody's faction, of which he was their leader, of course, and they were the de facto babyfaces as a result throughout the entire show. So, now that I mention that, I do want to pose this question to you guys. What do you feel is next for the Dark Order and their purpose moving forward. You know, when Adam Hangman Page was first involved with the Dark Order, the thought that went through my mind was, oh shit, what the fuck is going on with Brody Lee? So when this news came out, it wasn't that I wasn't shocked or or flabbergasted at what happened. It was that I came to the realization that, oh, this is why a guy like Adam Hangman Page, a main inventor 
a caliber of his status is involved with the dark order. Because a guy like that can be a leader. So you're saying he a, might be the new leader of the dark order. Well, 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 I'm not going to go as far as to say that. Okay. But the thing is, he's heavily involved with the Dark Order in in, in recent weeks, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Almost so, a month. Right. So we can surmise, you know, based just off of that, that he has a legit, like, he should obviously be the front runner, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much by default. Right. Exactly. Like, it would have worked beautifully, I think, with, um, it would have still worked beautifully with um, uh, Matt Hardy and uh, 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 his 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 gimmick as uh, uh, what, what what was it again? Broken. Yeah, broken, broken Matt Adam. Hardy. Yeah, it, it it would have definitely worked um, there, um, but since they didn't pull the plug on that, um, I think you know Paige being involved with the Dark Order. I think that that like you guys obviously knew that Brody was sick for right. a while, right? So. By that time, I think they were they, they they put Adam Hangman Page in that position because they knew that Brody wasn't gonna. Unfortunately, he wasn't going to be around for the foreseeable future. So, so that to me was 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 kind of the writing on the wall that that, that kind of sensed everything. Because, listen, as great as Brody Lee was, and I can't believe I'm I'm associating was with Brody Lee, but this is the reality now. As great as he was. Adam Hagman Page is on that same level. Okay? He is on that same level. So if 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 you're telling me, right, that Brody Lee was going to come back, right, last month, like December 1st of 2020, if you told me that Brody Lee was gonna come back, right, and Adam Hagman Page was involved with the Dark Order, I'll tell you you're smoking something. Because there's no way, absolutely no way that that man. Adam Hangman Page and Brody Lee can coexist in the same faction. But when the news, you know, broke yeah. out that Brody Lee, you know, unfortunately passed, I'm like, okay. So this is what it was. This is what 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 was going on in my mind, you know, when 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 um Page was involved with the Dark Order. So I can't believe I can't believe what, what what has transpired because we didn't get a chance to react to it real time, um, and and the news came broke out after the show, you know, uh, uh, last week. But this fucking sucks, man. I felt like shit, literally. I, I was at work, um, but after I I, 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 I you know I, I finished at the office, I, I I I just couldn't believe it, you know, because this was this was one of the greatest. Like you alluded to, Abba, big man in the game. Right. Like, this man was so fucking talented that he had more talent in his pinky than most wrestlers did in their entire body. That's how lethal he was. And I felt like he was just starting to break out at 41 years old. <laughs> Free from the shackles of the E. Yeah. Right. At 41 years old, his best work was yet to come. Not even that. Like, going back to, like, his even his best moments, right? I can remember this one moment. I can remember this one moment in which, like, remember 2017, early 2017, towards Mania 33. Right. Remember the feud between Bray Wyatt and Orton yes. at the time? Mm-hmm. And the three of us said, like, yo, since Luke Harper's into this, 
it was gonna be Luke Har- at the time Luke Harper against Orton against Bray at WrestleMania. Yeah, that feud was money. But the next thing you know, at the very last second, his potential, just like what you said, his potential could have been like right there. But then they took it away, which was a shame. For no particular reason. For no reason. reason. For he no wasn't, reason. He, was, he didn't sustain an he, injury. He was not injured. He was there. He had all the potential. He had the his charisma. Mic work, the charisma. His mic work was there. And next thing you know, they decide not to do, oh, the triple threat match that all the fans wanted, including yeah. myself. Yeah. And I'm not going to front, despite how much I love Randy Orton at the time, and I still do to this day, Luke Harper should have been in that match, and he should have won the WWE title. But going back to what Kenny said, yeah. it's a shame that Brody Lee's life got taken away so soon because the amount of work that this man has done, not only in AEW, also in WWE, and for all the people that he touched, is astounding. See, what to me, right, was so, so fucking, that made me feel a lot of... I, like I didn't, I didn't even know how to feel when the news came out. But we were talking last week about how John Moxley, mm-hmm. right, didn't need to elevate anyone in the main event division, right, right, because those guys were already there, right. Yeah, yeah I mean it helped that they were going up against John Moxley just by association yeah. alone. Um, but. To build for, themselves right, for, up properly. Right, exactly. Yeah. But for the most part, they, like you you saw them on the same playing field as John Moxley. It wasn't that they were inferior to John Moxley, right? Mm-hmm. But literally, even in, like including Brody Lee, when Brody Lee was working with John Moxley, that was John Moxley's best match, right? Today. Today. Kenny Omega, obviously, you know, with respect to Kenny Omega, because he's he's that he's he's that great. But Nothing, right? Like the way uh, uh, Brody, Mr. Brody Lee pushed John Moxley to the limit. No one ever put John Mo- pushed John Moxley to the limit like that. But actually, and that 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 to me was the mm-hmm. best match that John Moxley put together. You're forgetting in his entire in his entire um uh, uh you know t- uh, title reign. Yeah, but you're forgetting one more match. Him against Cody in that dog collar match for the TNT title. Yeah. Yes, yes. That I match. Mean, I mean, wasn't he referring to Moxley? Though? Yeah, I, I was referring, referring to just Moxley. Oh, just, just Moxley. Moxley. Yeah. Yes, okay. that was yes. Good. So I, I, I felt like I because I Another felt like war, though. honestly, oh, yeah. honestly, yo, y- y'all can disagree with me on this, right? And I don't, I don't know why I said it. I didn't say it earlier, but Brody Lee to me looked like the champion more than Moxley did in that feud. Oh, agreed. Agree. That's not even. That's not even a okay. question. Let's yeah. agree. That was right. before Moxley's title reign really right exactly picked up. Exactly. So I felt on. like Brody Lee elevated John Moxley. It was the other way around, and 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 I know that John Moxley. You know, he, he was John Moxley. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is Jonathan Good we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's he, right. He's, he's he's great. We all know him, but Brody Lee was much more talented. Mm-hmm. That is just a fact. I mean, how many people can you truly say are more talented than Brody Lee? Not, Not a lot. lot. Not a lot. I could count them on my on, on my finger, like on, on my hand, yeah. on my right hand. How many people are, are, are a little bit more talented than him? And it's not even like miles apart. You know what I mean? So, 
they, he's they, as talented as they right. come. That's why they've yeah. lost one of the like Brody. Oh man, yeah. Like if y'all don't know, like I don't know, like if if you don't know Brody Lee, you cannot call yourself a wrestling fan. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Bump Agreed. what he did at the E. Okay. If you don't know about his work in AEW, look it up. Or even in the Indies. Because in the Indies. because this man this man was literally the best they had to offer in terms of his size, athleticism, mic work. He had everything. At 41 years old, he was the best was still yet to come. It, it, it reminded me of Kobe when we lost Kobe, right? Right. Kobe had retired a few years earlier, right? But he was just starting to get his foot in it, to get to 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 to, to branch out into that mogul status, right? right? To propel himself into the into the stratus into the next level, his, his 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 second career as a businessman was gonna usurp that of his of his career as a basketball player. Yeah, that's what I felt like with Brody Lee. His first career was 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 obviously you know with the E. His second career was gonna usurp that exponentially, and it already did. It already did. It already yeah. did. Just for the value that he brought to AEW, man. Damn, that like that hurts, man. That really, really hurts. It's always the good ones too, man. Always. Yeah, but onto the stuff that happened in the tribute show on AEW Dynamite this past week. Uh, the show started off with Colt Cabana teaming up with the Young Bucks to beat Matt Hardy and Private Party in the opener. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson teamed with Lance Archer, who was decked out in a tank top and blue jeans. Brody's gear as Luke Harper in WWE. That was a nice tribute from his part. Uh, they beat Eddie Kingston and Butcher in the Blade in a fun match. Hangman Adam Page was with John Silver and Alex Reynolds of Dark Order to beat MJF and Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Wardlow interfered and took down Reynolds in during the match, but we saw Eric Rowan run down to the ring, wipes out Wardlow, and they brawl to the back. That was a nice surprise that, it uh, was. that I'm happy they did, since him and Brody were very close together, almost always by each other's sides in their 10 years in WWE as part of the Wyatt family and beyond as the Bludgeon Brothers. Hmm. Now, I don't know if they end up signing him to a deal or if this was a pure one-off, but we'll have to wait and see on that. No, it was a one-off. I found out yesterday. Oh. It was a one-off. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that was still a nice uh, surprise on their part. Good on them for doing that. And another thing, I even think about this, because we were talking about um, Adam Page. We even talked about Lance Archer. <laughs> <laughs> because right now, to me, like right now, it's kind of set a, stone, set a stone that Lance Archer right now is in a state of flux currently right now so someone came a person texted me the other day and playing like what do you think of lance archer possibly being in the dark order right i said like low key this is just my opinion low key he doesn't really need the dark order because you have um jake the snake you have them? jake the snake yeah but at the same time understand what you're saying because he hasn't been used efficiently ever since his championship match with um, with Moxley a couple of like weeks weeks ago. Right. So that's also another another question put in the air in terms of AEW. Like, what are you gonna do with John, with Lance Archer for the past couple of weeks? He's been associated with the Dark Order. Uh, just continuing on here, Brody Jr., Brody Lee's oldest son, was at ringside and was a big part of the conclusion of this match. MJF was trash-talking to him at different points, and towards the end of the match, comes up to him and rips his evil Uno mask that he had on off his head. But Brody Jr. had a candlestick with him and just whacked 
MJF in the head with it, and he splatted down to ringside. That was hilarious. Uh, Paige's team ends up winning, of course. So that's that. Uh, Anna Jay of Dark Order teamed with Tay Conti to beat Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. And in the main event, we saw Cody Rhodes team up with Orange Cassidy and 10 of Dark Order to beat Taz's group of Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, what we saw after the match was the real talking point coming out of the tribute show, which by this point was incredibly executed with the subtle tributes by the wrestlers themselves in their matches, the familiar faces we saw in, in Brody's past, and the pre-taped promos from John Moxley, Darby Allin, Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, and so much more, and they told their own stories of the kind of person that Brody Lee was, and it was damn heartwarming to see. It really was. But what closed the show proper was Cody on the mic welcoming Brody's son, Brody Jr., to the ring, and out he comes with his mother, Amanda, and Tony Khan followed them behind. They come into the ring. Amanda had with her a pair of Brody's in-ring boots, and she laid them down in the center of the ring with the spotlight on the boots. Uh, Tony Khan had with him the AEW TNT Championship belt, which was pretty weird initially since Darby Allin was the current champion, and he was nowhere to be found in this particular segment, but you kind of did figure out what was going on. Khan gives Brody Jr. the belt and says that Brody Lee was the greatest champion holder of that title, with all respect to Cody, who was in the ring, and dubs him Negative One as his wrestling name and officially announces him, Brody Jr., TNT Champion for life. I had no words when I first saw this segment unfold as it did at the end of the show. It was just an incredible moment, one of the most, maybe, I don't know if surreal is the right word for it, but... Yeah, because it's never happened before, man. Like, we've never yeah. seen anyone, you know, uh, indefinitely crown a champion forever and then retire it just so, you know, the champion can remain the champion right. forever. You know, and then, I mean, that's your secondary title. So, I mean, yeah, we all anticipate that you're going to obviously um, give Darby Allen a newly created champion. We just don't know what it is. Honestly, I've never been a fan of the TNT title. Like, well, not the championship itself, but the name. The name, right. I've okay. never been a fan of the name itself because I, felt, I always felt like it felt like a, a television championship. Um, rather than like a true, a true right card exactly title worthy right. like of next to being exactly. like the IC title, right? Right. It's not only right. that. Yeah. You also have to remember. Have you noticed, or if anyone else has noticed, ever since that Darby Allen won the TNT title, he's never defended it. That's I mean, he thing. had the upcoming title match yeah. with Brian Cage. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, but I'm talking about ever since he won it. But 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 how long has he won it for? Like, like what? A month? A month? Two months? Maybe? Come on. It's like, like it's whatever. Right. He's been involved. Like right. he's got this whole thing with exactly. Sam. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not even gonna be worried about that. Um, you know, Darby. Like you can't say he was a great TNT champion. You know, because he never had it for for for, for a long time. Um, but I'm definitely you know, I can't wait to see what they come up with, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, the title design, the title name, I think will carry some weight. Um, maybe they should go with a lightweight you know, title, you know, I, I don't know what they'll do. You know, AEW's always kept us in the dark about this, so we'll see. No pun intended for AEW dark. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure if they'll go with a lightweight title, just in the sense that maybe they want their, that kind of limits them to not 
putting the belt on the heavier guys like a Lance Archer. That's true. So I think they'll probably want to do a mid-card title proper like the TNT title's been where anyone can have it regardless of their weight class or whatever. Right. But like in terms of the show as a whole, the tribute show to Brody Lee has been the best tribute show that we have ever seen since Eddie Guerrero. Hands down. From top to bottom, everyone that contributed from his family to the roster, Tony Khan, AEW as a whole, brought so much attention to the to us, the viewers, and all the wrestling fans around the world to watch AEW that Wednesday night compared to 2005, back October 2005, when Eddie passed away and everyone else was watching um, Monday Night Raw in tribute to Eddie, how they um, contributed from the Guerrero family to the stars and so on and so forth. So for us here and for all the wrestling fans, Brody Lee will be definitely be missed. His legacy will not be tarnished. And God bless his soul. Yeah, and before we end it off completely with uh, the Brody Lee stuff, I figured we could just maybe touch on like a few of our favorite moments of the career of Brody Lee slash Luke Harper when he was in WWE or in AEW. So I, I guess I'll start off. Um, some of my favorite moments, I and I kind of alluded them to them last week, was you know some of his great matches as Luke Harper in the E, like with when he was with the Wyatt family teaming up against the Shield in that amazing yeah. six-man tag oh that they had God. at the Elimination Chamber yeah. event in 2014. Man. That is legit a modern classic. Oh yeah, in mm-hmm. you can go back the and watch landscape. that. Oh, you could go back and, and watch, watch that, that for years, yeah. man, mm-hmm. and it still be you know up it's there with a timeless the best, match. best of them, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the ladder match he had with Dolph Ziggler for the IC title later on oh, man. in the year at TLC 2014. I actually went back and saw that match fantastic. last week, and it still holds up as one of the, the great modern-day ladder matches right. with just inc- insane, insane spots. Yeah. Really, I don't know how the hell they got away with a lot of doing a lot of that. It's yeah. insane. But they did it. Kudos to them. Richard, And like Richard said, I'll just bring up one more, I guess. The... the storyline that he was involved in 2017 heading into WrestleMania 33 that year in Orlando when he was in the middleman in Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton in their feud for the WWE title before they inexplicably just threw him out of the whole thing and he was amount- and he pretty much amounted to nothing until uh, the Bludgeon Brothers with Eric Rowan so that was a great uh, time for him as well before it all went to shit so there you go for me um, it has nothing to do about uh, what he did at the E um, I'm gonna go with AEW as my um, as as the best moments that he's 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 had. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm gonna remember him for. At the height of his wrestling career, um, what he did, what he brought to AEW, um, that 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 usurps anything he's ever done uh, in his career, both indies and and uh, professional in in. Um, in the WWE. So for me, um, when he made his debut as the Exalted One, that to me just, just I think that solidified the real um, Brody Lee, the, the what, like what he wanted to do, what 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 the wrestling world has been missing for a decade, a decade of this man <laughs> being suppressed to being less of what he actually was so 
that to me, I think it's a culmination of all of that. You know, the 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 the, the agony, the the defeat that you know sometimes he might have felt. You know, he might have felt defeated. You know, during his time with the E. You know, God knows how long um, they shafted him. So, and we were all there to see it. So yeah, for me, I think him joining AEW will will be the highlight that I I uh, I like the most. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode. I forget, guys. Which one is it again? Fifty. Fifty. The Big Favo. Oh man, for episode fifty to kick things off in the new year that is 2021. Mm -hmm. That's right, guys. Welcome to episode fifty of the Wrestling Hypothesis Podcast. Here for your Sunday, January third, 2021. Amen. It feels so good to say that. Ladies and gentlemen, I am of course the ABA, and this is a Happy New Year gift to you, my guy. Introducing uh, right after me, properly, King Kenny. Yes, amen, first, amen. The first to be properly introduced. That's hear my New ye, Year's gift to him. Hear ye, hear ye, my loyal subjects. Listen, man, I feel great. Um, I am, however, disappointed that my guy Ricardo is not here. But I will say this, I am here to hold down the bromance. I am here as one half, oh God. one half of the bromance. I am here to hold it down for my bro Ricardo. Ricardo, bromance. we'll just dub you the guys. Name, the name that you got from TNA? Listen, well, listen, listen what? I didn't, I, I didn't even know about the yeah. bromance from TNA. Yeah, I was okay. from TNA. All right, okay, but, be more original. But, damn it, we're real. Okay, all right. They're we're the, the real bromance. They're the new bromance. They've been obsolete for so long. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's Hardy would say. Exactly. <laughs> right. That bromance has been obsolete. All right. So that's King Kenny for you guys and Richard. What's going on, guys? What's up? Happy New Year to you all. Fuck 2020. Yes. We're in a new year. Yep. 2021. New year. We got new mics. It Hell sounds yeah. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yep. As you listeners know, I mentioned it to you guys last week. That's of the of our old mic just going out on us completely. So, so I had yeah. to toss that out in the garbage, and we got we just went with new mics. Yeah. So upgraded. A, a great way to start the new year with new equipment for the mm -hmm. show. So that's amazing, and hopefully yeah. you guys are enjoying the new sound quality, the improved sound quality. So there you go. We're moving up, up, man. That's We're right. going places. That's right. And just to go back to it, it happened, guys. 2020 has come and gone. We can finally get into it with the new year and put last year in the back burner. Of course, I should mention we can't do that completely right now as certain things have still shifted on over to this year, as you guys know, obviously. But we can only hope and see that all those things do die down eventually. So here's to 2021, becoming a year that gets better for each and every one of us. Amen. And so as you guys know, this podcast is available to listen to on various different platforms out there, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and our own YouTube channel. If you are listening via Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a star rating on there, as well as some thoughts on what you think of our show. I should let you listeners know, I just got an iPhone after many years of being in the Samsung boat. My God. So the betrayal. betrayal. The betrayal. The betrayal I'll come back. right now. I'll come back. I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> okay. Now you, lo you right. love me too much for that. So I love you, but not the phone. 
So like, exactly, man. Gotcha. Uh, the, gotcha. Watch within a, within, ha- within a watch within a month. It's the higher. You have a cracked screen. The next thing you know, you go to the Apple Store, being in long lines, yep. and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, maybe we'll that's fix the it case. for five hundred dollars. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. Right? It's Apple after all. <laughs> the big corporation. You gotta love them. No. But hey, I did it for the bigger storage space. So leave me alone. <laughs> and and so. Anyways, I bring up the iPhone thing because now I can track the kind of feedback we get on Apple Podcasts proper. So oh, that's that's nice, a big reason nice, for that. Nice. That's, so that's don't sa- think we're not paying attention. That saved you. Yeah. <laughs> that saved me. Glad that to hear saved it. You. Glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Anyways, you have, if you haven't done so already, check out any of our older episodes in the archives using any of the platforms I mentioned earlier, as well as visiting our own website, Anchor.fm/Wrestling-Hypothesis. Before we continue on with the rest of the show. With the new year comes a few new things. Mm-hmm. First, the new microphones. Love them. Of course. <laughs> Love them. Of course. But also, our brand new sponsor of Wrestling Hypothesis. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Precision Tax Firm. Yeah! Officially sponsored us on the show. And our very own on the show is affiliated. Of course, that's his own firm. Yes. King, yes. Kenny, take it away. Yes. Give us the details, man. It is my personal company. I am the CEO of Precision Tax Firm. Guys, it's tax season already. We are in the new year. This is, this is, this is, and I, and I get it. Last year was great. Well, actually, no. No. Last no, year was no, it wasn't trash. Trash. Okay. That was, I was being sarcastic. But anyway. Last year was trash. We all know, and we all want to put it in the back burner, okay? And what a great way to start off the new year with some cash in your pockets, okay? Take advantage of the the, the tax year. Um, I'm really, really excited about our launch. Um, it, we're launching at the end, uh, most likely at the end of this 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 month. Um, and uh, with the stimulus packages and everything, it's unemployment. Yes, and unemployment. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to keep track of your finances. Uh, Precision Tax Firm is here to help you. Okay, with our very, very own uh, services, we provide the individual tax preparation. Of course, uh, we prepare uh, uh, tax for businesses. Um, and uh, if you also have problems with the IRS, we were able to help you because we have a team of enrolled agents and lawyers available uh, uh, during the, uh, the, the obviously the, the, the peak hours uh, for, for your nine to five. Uh, so if you're having troubles with that, we can also we can also be of assistance. Um, and we also provide a free tax cons- consultation. So if you guys don't know what to do because you guys are receiving money from the government and you don't know if you're going to pay taxes on those or you don't know how to go about you know, finances in general, give us a, um, a shoot um, on our email at uh, yourtaxguy, yourtaxguy at ptaxfirm.com. That's right. That is your tax guy. <laughs> At ptaxfirm.com. Wait a minute. So, your tax guy at. <laughs> no, All no, right. no, no, no. For those that missed it, for those that missed it, I'll link it in the description of this episode. So, just in case anybody can can click yeah, on the that's link. The email, and just go your tax guy. It, it, right. it, no, it sounds right. like he like he literally needs your tax guy at ptaxfirm.com. <laughs> 
We're gonna have to get used to that. Yes. And so do you listeners. Yes. So. Hey, listen. Look, it's a cool, catchy name. No, no. Okay. It is. All right. But it, but it sounds like like I'm in a commercial. Yes. Yeah. That's what exactly what great. it is. What doing? <laughs> I'm promoting my own great. company. Okay. All right. All right. That, that 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 that's what this is. Listen, man. I'm, I'm okay. Gonna a, listen, I'm gonna be our customer. So. Yes. So. Amen. Amen. So, and, yes. I, and I like to think I will be sooner. There's that. Amen. Yes. So, Amen. You see that, guys? Give me like three, give, for you, give me three weeks. Three, three weeks got you, bro. We're jumping on the bandwagon, yes. me and Richard here, so why why shouldn't you guys? Everyone jump on the yeah. bandwagon. It, 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 trust me. This year is going to be... All, all 20... Guys, all you guys realize that all 2021 has to be is just... Don't be too flashy. Don't be, you know... 2021 doesn't have to be awesome, off the chain. It just has to be better. Than the shit show we've all experienced last year. Amen. That's all. We get that. It's already. That's all. If we get that, it's already a fantastic year. Yep. So, guys, start off your year, okay, by subscribing, by getting your money, by 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 supporting the company that will support you in this fight against coronavirus and against the financial troubles of this nation. Amen. And follow your taxes early. Since it is episode 50 of Wrestling Hypothesis before you guys with this episode, I figured why not have the fans and our, and our own loyal fan base involved in the fun. So we decided on our Instagram page that we've had for a good few months now heading uh, into, into 2020, into this year, that on our stories I decided to ask you guys, we decided to ask you guys that is, what some, some of your questions and about some discussion topics, debates, any, anything of the such. What can we really get ourselves into? It could be anything wrestling related. On WWE, on AEW, New Japan, on wrestling as a whole. Doesn't matter. It's practically a free-for-all at this point. So, we laid out the question to you guys. What do you think we should discuss on this particular episode? And huge thank you to all that have participated in, in the in the whole poll thing. Yeah, we got a bunch of questions. Yeah, man. we got a handful yeah, of questions yeah. to get into right here, right now. Yeah. So might as well start off with it. First off with this question. Shout out to Anna Bunny XOXO, her Instagram name. And that with the question, who should be next in line to hold the money in the bank title? For that crickets. <laughs> Literally crickets. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's how insignificant the money in the bank has been in years now. Because here's I have a gripe with money in the bank. First thing first and foremost, shout out to Anna for saying this question. But here's the reality. Money in the bank, the briefcase itself, has been insignificant since back when Moxley, aka Ambrose, cashed in at 2016. That's how, yeah. that's how long, that's how long the briefcase in itself has been insignificant. And the fact that today in WWE, there's not one legit individual that you can legitimately say like, yo, I want him or her to win the briefcase. Yeah, there's no one that really sticks out. There's no one that sticks out. candidate to win this year. Nobody sticks out. Unless we really have to think about it. Unless we have to think about it. Right. However, right after, a couple of, after we, I saw that question on our Instagram post, another viewer privately messaged me and said this question. Should Money in the Bank go back to WrestleMania? 
for that answer, I say yes. Because you know why? From 2005 to 2010, Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank ladder match was a staple at WrestleMania. That same year, three months later, they turn it into a pay-per-view, right? Right. When, I, when they first announced this, I was like, why did you do this after you just crowned a winner three months ago? It made no sense. I'm pretty sure during that time period, which is 09, uh, it was 2010, 2011, they were going through that phase of just having all of their, just creating all of these gimmick pay-per-views. Yeah. Instead yeah, of like TLC, making it yeah. what it matters most, the yeah. Elimination Hell Chamber, Hell in a Cell. I'm, I'm going to get to that later in yeah. the podcast. I'm going to get to that later. Okay. But back to Money in the Bank. Right. The reason why I think Money in the Bank should go back to WrestleMania and no longer a pay-per-view is because when Money in the Bank was at WrestleMania, it made all of us be interested into that match as a whole. Not only because it was at WrestleMania, mm. to see who's going to be the next top star, to see who's going to be yeah. the next in line for that WWE title. Yeah. Y'all yeah, remember when CM Punk won it at WrestleMania back to back year? Yeah. Well, not back to back years, but. No, it was back to back, 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 back years. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And remember remember yeah. when Edge won the world, won the briefcase at 21? Yeah, the man. first the inaugural one? one? My God. The inaugural one. Like, and then. A star man. was born. Yeah. A star was born. And then the next year after that, 22. Rob Van Dam won yeah. the Money in the Bank briefcase, yeah, and he man. won the WWE title three off, months later off at Cena, right? off great, Cena great, yeah, at one yeah. night stand. What, what a great like that! Like, that is my favorite ECW pay per view. Still to this day, like to this day, man. Still to this day, when I stand, I think right. When I stand, though? which one? Oh six. Oh six. Oh, I've always been more of an 05 kind of guy. No, because no, I just no, thought no, that 05 was five was the best one. Okay, oh five well, was the best one. I, I love the fact that Cena lost. In a in a in a in a you know really really uncontrolled Pro, environment. ECW you know crowd. what I mean? Because they didn't think, yo, they called them a lot of names. Like they this, that was the, the roughest yeah, like, crowd. If you saw that show, the way they treated Cena, the golden child of the WWE, because ECW at that time, right? Paul Heyman didn't like like the story was ECW ain't like this other promotions, ain't like Raw, ain't like SmackDown. You know, we do our own thing here. We're a niche. Okay, yeah. we're our own. Entity. All right, right. Okay, we, we, we yeah, y'all might own us, you know, in terms of the papers, in terms of the corporate side right. of it all, yeah. right? But we do our own shit here. And Cena coming into that environment, Rob Van Dam, one of ECW's finest, right? He's an ECW legend at this point, right? Mm -hmm. He was a he's, god he's in a, that match, right? He's a future Hall of Famer in my book, right? So him, him. Invited Cena coming in saying, Hey, listen, no, 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 no. I'm gonna cash in my money in the bank right. this time. And Cena at that time, not know, like being known for a guy that never backs down from any challenge, you telling me you're gonna, you're, you're, you're gonna decline the invitation? So that was what it was. Like to me, the golden child of the WWE, the anti, like the bad guy, mm -hmm. right? It's essentially he's a good guy, but everybody in ECW hates his guts. Yeah. Right. Coming into that environment, he couldn't even get rid like, of the shirt. Yo, he could, right. Tossing he, it, into, he tossed his shirt corner. into the crowd, and they threw it every back. corner, and it's through. They it back. sneezed on it. They wiped their asses with it. Jeez. Oh my. And not God. only that, remember, oh, remember the sign that they had. The sign said, yo. "If Cena wins, we riot," and yeah. they were dead on. But you know what? Guys? The most iconic wrestling sign. But ever, you know what? Honestly. But you know what, guys? To bring it back to the money in the bank. 
and you, you if, 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 if you're listening to this, you're probably wondering, how the hell does this tie back into the money in the bank? The fact is, the money in the bank used to be a staple for which we know who the next star is. Rob Van Dam was a star when he won against Cena that night. And then he screwed it up on his own accord. Right. Right after. Right. But, but hey, listen. That's but that's, that's, right. that's, that's, right. that's besides the that's besides, right. That was that, out of their control. Right, exactly. So. And at that point, Rob Van Dam, I, I, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob Van Dam was the ECW champion yeah. at the time. Yeah. So he was double, like, double do you know how insane that is? For you to have an EC a world championship already and then put that shit on your mantle by having another one, and not only that, yeah. a quality win against the guy. Oh, not only that, you're missing one thing. He had Paul Heyman in his corner. Yes. Yeah. Paul yeah. Heyman exactly. in his corner. You had everything going for you, man. That's so Rob Van Dam was dubbed, literally dubbed as, listen, you're a star, okay? I see you on the same level as Cena. We're gonna give you the keys to the city. Like, this, this just right? makes it all the more sad considering the outcome. Yeah, like I mean, the, 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 yeah. the aftermath. And like, this, like a month and this, later. This but, is, but that's what we're talking about. But that's the thing. Yeah. But that's you know? the thing, though. Money in the bank to me, I don't care what no one says. Money in the bank to me should not be a pay per view ever. It needs to be a match yes, at WrestleMania. A stable yes. of WrestleMania. A stable yes. at WrestleMania. Listen. I would rather you guys would rather see a Money in the Bank ladder match than a stupid Andre the Memorial Battle Royal. Yes. Let's be real. Oh, yes. That's true. Yes. Like, come on. But keep yeah. this in mind. Like, WrestleMania hasn't been that... Ha hasn't been WrestleMania, the ones that we know, yeah. grew up, and loved, yeah. in a long-ass time. Yeah. That's true. But that is true. But that doesn't change the fact. Like, that WrestleMania situation that you just said, that's another debate. Right. Seriously. We'll say that for, like, March or April. Because mm -hmm. WrestleMania is, like, around there. Yeah. But for Money in the Bank, right? For Money in the Bank, it needs to go back to WrestleMania. Can, can like for example, the if the Money in the Bank match last year, how they intertwined both, which was stupid by the way, <laughs> right? Can you imagine that match at a WrestleMania with over seventy thousand people in that one match, and there'll be so many OMG moments, so many star quality moments like in we the, saw those like those we five, saw on the first when it was at WrestleMania. Yeah. at WrestleMania from like for example Jeff Hardy going going doing a drop to edge through a ladder yeah come on yeah WrestleMania yeah. moment right there I yeah. know man man but yeah like it, it to me I, I do feel the need that they need to um to what Richard said earlier maybe uh reinvent the whole idea of having a standalone pay-per-view for a match like that. And and for me, for me, that like it, it, it really, really needs to be addressed. I think it's it's a very great point. Um, and shout out to Anna for for, for, for this question because uh, it's well, not easy, it's not easy picking a a money in the bank winner anymore. Yeah. Right? Because you have a company that isn't willing to promote its stars, you know? Like Anna, if you, I, and, I know, and I know she's gonna be listening right now. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna ask you this question back. Do you think that Alistair Black would make a great money in the bank, you know, holder? Like, I think he would, right? Right, like in most cases he would. I think a guy like that would benefit from the money in the bank. Absolutely. Andrade, yes. yes, he would benefit from that, oh, right? Yes. 
but at Keith Lee, yes. You know, like these guys are great, and and I know that Anna knows that she, these guys are great. It's just that Vince and his company isn't willing to recognize that, right? So they will not do them justice, right? At all. But but there's a two part to what what Anna said. She addressed the possibility of Randy holding the money in the bank, and I think that's very important right, too. Right in the question itself. Right, because she brought up because, maybe Randy Orton would be a nice right. Idea. Yeah, because because here's why Randy, right? We can't dismiss Randy because that's what the E is willing to do. The E won't think twice about putting the money in the bank on Randy Orton because they they don't care about guys like Alistair Black. They don't care about guys like you know Andrade. They don't care about guys like Keith Lee. You know, they, like it, it doesn't matter to them that these guys get the money in the bank, but they would rather keep it on a guy like Randy Orton. So I think, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, I'm not sure exactly what, 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 you know, Anna actually wants, mm -hmm. right? Maybe she does want Randy Orton to be the money in the bank winner, but I'm claiming that that's not without reason. Like it, it's with reason. Here. He's a safe, you know. Option, he's a though. safe option. He's, he's a, a safe mate, option. He's a I don't think he should be. I think it should go to somebody like Alistair Black, somebody that would benefit. But what Anna says is is on the money. But here's a but here's a thing though. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's Unfortunately, like it's, Randy it's winning money in the bank is such a safe and sanitized option because here's, because mm -hmm. he's a made guy. There's no risk involved with him. Because right. the thing is this, just like what you just said. Remember when he won Money in the Bank twenty. 13. 13, yeah. thank you, 2013. In that all-star match. At the right. time, at the time, he needed to win at that time. Right. Because he was, in a, he was in a state of flux. Fast forward to today. Not saying that she's wrong, because she's not wrong. But let's be real. Does he really need the money in the bank briefcase? That's the, no. But listen, that's the point. But no, I know. That's he doesn't need no, the money in the bank. He doesn't need it. But guess what? If they give Tip it to, to him... him then it's not surprising. It's not. I won't, we won't be surprised because WWE, the, all we for WWE, they will not take the risk of pushing a brand new star. Last year's Money in the Bank match, I wanted Alistair to win. Seriously, I no. wanted him to win. A lot of us at the time did predict Alistair to win. You know, yeah. guys, we thought he was going to be the one. I, I I think this is a good 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 thing to 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 transition into, right? Because. Because this, th I, I feel like this discussion opens so many avenues that we didn't even think about yep. on the morning meeting before we, we started the show. Right. And I think, I think, I think the place matters too. So if you're talking about raw superstars, right, right, it might not be a great idea to have those guys, um, uh, uh, you know, in, in in the in the main like in the like to win the money in the bank. I think it should go to an opportunistic show like SmackDown. Because think about it. A guy like Alistair Black winning the money in the bank presents a major challenge for a guy like Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. You know, who would want to see that? Mm -hmm. You're saying right? SmackDown has more right. possibilities not yes. to, and not to right. mess this up. And SmackDown has more eyes on it right now. Which means if you have more eyes, the opportunity is there to create new stars. You can create new stars with SmackDown right now because you have better ratings. You do. These things matter. You have more eyes on their product. So for me, it really does have to do about a place, the show, um, and the timing of it all. Yeah. You know? If, 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 if it goes back to WrestleMania, which I'm hoping it does, but they will never do that because it's the E, um, then, then maybe we can address that 
and, and actually have a solid person that we can all say, that guy is the one that should win the money in the bank. But unfortunately, we can't say any of that. Even for last year, and looking at last year's case of Money in the Bank and how they pulled that off, I remember at the time we all, pretty much all of us unanimously agreed that Alistair Black is the perfect choice to win mm -hmm. the men's Money in the Bank contract last year for that event. And look who it ended up being. Otis. Yeah. And look where he is now. Yeah. He's not... He's nowhere near as interesting without Mandy Rose or Tucker or whatever. He's just, he's just whatever. He, he's I don't just, know. He's just, he's just there. Yeah. He's just there. And plus, going back to what he said about bringing it over SmackDown, because remember, go back, like I said, the example, 2017. Remember when they took a risk? When they had the first ever women's Money in the Bank match <laughs> on SmackDown? <laughs> SmackDown, mind you, and that was the main event. They had to redo that SmackDown. They had to redo it, but here's the thing. But that show, right there, going back to our ratings, was one of their highest rating episodes ever mm -hmm. due to that match. And look who became a new star. It's an attention grabber. In Carmella. Yeah. 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 In Carmella. So imagine, like, let's say today, for example, imagine a Money in the Bank match on SmackDown, we'll say with about like six guys. Mm -hmm or girls, whatever, six guys, six girls, on that show, just killing each other, just to become the next Money in the Bank contract holder and becoming the next Universal Champion or the next WWE Champion. Yeah. Like, come on, like, that's a, that's a gravitational pull for us, the fans, to watch that show because of the match itself and to see who's gonna be the next star on the rising, like they did back then. Shout out to mdaddy underscore on Instagram who follows our page. Uh, he sent out his own question. Which version of The Undertaker was the best? <laughs> uh, you know, I love, oh, I love talking about Taker. Oh boy. You know why? Because I can remember the debate that we had last year. Yeah. You know, Kenny against the world. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And I can remember saying that The Undertaker's legacy was never tarnished, even regardless of the fact that he looked like an old man, washed up loser, you know, that can't fight the, 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 the last, you know, three years of his career, you know, because that's what old men do, you know? He, he has the body of a 90-year-old. Right. You're expecting him to, 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 to like, think about, think about this, guys. And before, before I go into to, to, to answering the question by M. Daddy, Taker fought well into his 40s. As a like, do you realize how great that is? He, this man, was at the height when he fought Shawn Michaels. I don't know how old he was when he fought Shawn Michaels. Maybe Rich, you could do the math because you're the historian. Mm -hmm. But Taker was in his forties, forties when he gave the best, the greatest match we have ever seen so in WrestleMania history. So right? Was so, so was Michaels. Right? In their first. Right. Do you realize? Do you know how hard it is to compete at a high level and give the all-time an all-time great match at age forty? Hmm. It's yeah. It's it seems impossible, right. but th then you have right. these two all-time greats exactly hold it off somehow. So back-to-back -back years too. So for me, right back-to-back -back years, <laughs> they get older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they man. were one year older, and they did it again, man. So to yeah. me, that like that can never tarnish a man's legacy like that because. When he's a 90-year-old, like, his body feels like a 90-year-old, like, you can't expect him to, to... 44. 44, right. So, you, like, you can't expect him to be, you know, as great as he once was, right? So you kind of have to manage your expectations. Now, 
for that reason alone, it brings me to what my favorite uh, uh, Undertaker gimmick was. This one was difficult because as a kid, I obviously gravitated towards the American badass. You know, it was real, it was authentic, it was like, oh shit. This guy can talk. He can. He's not a dead man anymore. Like he's not. He's not like. He's not the guy that I'm scared. I'm, I, I was still scared of the Undertaker. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let, 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 let's get that out of the, out of the way. But it was more like a a, a respect, like a, fa like a, a father, like a father, figure. right? It wasn't. It wasn't like a you know, or like a cool ass badass uncle or yeah, something like yeah. that, right? It wasn't. It wasn't like a you know. Oh shoot! Like I'm terrified of this guy, like a boogeyman thing. Right. You know, like it it it, it didn't give me that off. So boogeyman scared all of us. Oh yeah. But oh, in, in different, oh, yeah. In, in a different <laughs> oh, way. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, so the American badass and the dead man. But if I had to pick one, I would go with the dead man. The dead man gave me, right, gave us the greatest wrestling matches we have ever seen. That reason, like those moments, right cannot be cannot be copied cannot be replicated okay you can't like that those moments with Shawn Michaels Triple H and and the Undertaker right at the, at, at WrestleMania yeah. um 28 28 those like those moments will never ever be replicated again you know that match Great. he had against Brock Lesnar when he shocked the world that will never happen again i'm sorry there's no one alive breathing not alive right that's not like that hasn't been born yet right that can surpass the undertaker you do you know for a fun fact the person that will live to be 150 years old in the world has already been born do you know that that's a fun fact the person that will turn 100 there's never been a, a person alive that has been 150 years but the person that turns 150 years old is alive today you're saying in terms of like this because of all the scientific, the medical advances that we have. Right, exactly. Yes. To yes. make that happen. But right. the reason I bring that up, right, is because what I'm saying about The Undertaker's career, what he did, how he defined wrestling as a whole as the dead man, yeah. no one will ever be like that. Ever. That's a lifetime character. Ever. Ever. Once in the history of the world character yeah period i don't care what year it is i don't care if that person the person that will come close to taker's legacy has been you know born yet or hasn't been born yet i don't care if they are here i don't care i don't care it doesn't matter who it is jesus god the holy spirit it doesn't <laughs> matter okay no one will surpass that yes okay period I will go next, because, sorry Richard, but I will go next because I don't have a different answer hmm. that compared to Kenny over here because he nailed it right on the money that it is indeed the dead man, at least I have him as the best gimmick that The Undertaker has ever portrayed because not for nothing, people refer to The Undertaker's dead man character from the early stage, or the first few years of his career in the 90s all the way to when he rechristened it back in 04 yeah. to this very moment in 2021. They look at that gimmick as the greatest gimmick to have ever been assembled, created, or thought of, not just by Vince McMahon, but in wrestling period. 
people have so many cherished moments and memories of their childhood and even their adulthood yeah. of The Undertaker in this dead man persona. As he spanned the better part of 30 years. And I say the better part because he played yeah. around, he toyed Fell around with other little, gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. He kind of wasn't the same. Right. But for the most part, that was his best years as an in-ring performer, as, as a character, and as a personality. But I will say, though, the American Badass gimmick has, is his best in terms of one thing. His promo work. Mm. Because oh, we didn't necessarily mm. get to see that Agreed. with a Dead Man gimmick oh, yeah. that he was playing for so long because of how limited the persona you know. <laughs> just asked of him. You, you know, to, to, to piggyback to what you just said, yeah. in terms of the promo work, we, we, we saw it against Styles, right? We did. And, That's and right. It was better than any other promo he did since the American know, Badass since, days. Right, since the American Badass yeah. days. It was like it, it, it was uncanny. It was crazy. I'm like, oh, like my eyes were glued to the TV. Like it was like, whoa. Insane. So in terms of personability, right, in terms of being, you know, uh, 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 like gravitating towards him on a personal level, yeah, the cool uncle came back against Styles. You know, the father figure, like the guy that you look up to. And say, yeah, I want to be like that guy because yeah. he looks so fucking badass on his on on his bike, you know, on his Harley. Mm -hmm. Like that guy, like he he he's the one that you'd look to, right? So yeah, you gravitate towards that. Um, but with respect to the American badass, <laughs> the dead man conquers overall. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer to this question at all. There's no wrong answer. American badass, dead man, um, the American talking badass. about the Ministry of Darkness? The Ministry or? of Darkness okay. taker. He, that's my all-time personal favorite because this dude, he was a badass. Like, he had his own faction. Yeah. He won the title four times. Wow. He won the title four times. He had a great rivalries with Austin, Kane, who can forget the hell in a cell with mankind. Right. Right. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah! Yeah! That 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 is. Uh, Who can forget that? Talk about moments. Moments. That, like, that you was say a you big say one. you say that the dead man gimmick had better matches, but the corporate. I mean, I said the corporate. The Ministry of Darkness Taker had better moments. You know had what? Better yeah. Moments. Yeah. I would, I would agree with you on that. Okay. The first he, Hell in a Cell match. The with, first uh, Hell in a Cell Michaels. with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. The infamous match with Mankind. Yeah. His his rivalry. With Kane, yeah. his rivalry with Austin, oh, man. Yeah. his his come up to win the title four times, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I would I would I would say that that like I would like the first portrayal of the Undertaker, right? Mm -hmm. Like when he arrived till the end of the Attitude Era, right? Right. I think I would place all of those together, in my opinion, just because just because. He was still finding his footing. You know what I mean? He was still finding his footing. But the reason why you could separate it is because for American Badass, American Badass came at Judgment Day 2000 in May. When he came back, he was helping the stars. <clears throat> While in Ministry of Darkness Taker, right. he was helping himself. Right, but guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm comparing it not to the American Badass. Okay. But when he first arrived in the E. Okay. You know that, that, that gimmick where he had Paul Bearer by his side? Yeah. Right. That one is what I'm talking about. When he beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. That one is what I'm talking about. The, that oh, one. So that's early, early right. ticker. Right. Yeah. Early, early ticker. That mm -hmm. one plus the Ministry of Darkness. Put them together. Okay. That, I'll, in I'll, my I'll, opinion. Okay. I'll give you. I feel like, because I, I feel like that's a more rounded out 
not, you know, not only that, not only that, not only because going back to what we said, Dead Man had better matches. Um, Ministry of Darkness had better moments, but also he was controversial. You got to remember that. The who, Ministry of Darkness. Yes. Taker. Okay. Who can forget the unholy wedding with him and Stephanie? USA never was pissed about that. Oh, and yeah. also, and also, the crucifixion of Ryan Shamrock, the crucifixion of Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the boiler room with, with Paul Bearer and Kane, the crucifixion of so much shit where he wanted to take over the WWE against Vince and we got and how he got arrested. Right. Like But 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 like, but look, look, look. Yeah, all of those are iconic moments. And I and I and I give you that. Mm -hmm. Okay? But as we grow older, no, as we grow as we, older, as, of course. I, I know, and, and 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 as we are, like as we grow more objective, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying you're you you you're essentially the same person that you were back then that you are now. You have different tastes, you have different yeah. things that you like, but wrestling really remains more or less the same. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it really does. But my main point is this, okay. Yes, those were great moments, and you can look to those as 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 great moments. Mm -hmm. But when it all when it's all said and done, right? It's yeah, you created the moments, but there's just something about the dead man that makes you feel that this is how the Undertaker should be. Like the crucifixion was great in so many areas because it was the first. Like, it, it, it was really the first series we've ever seen, right? But get this, Crucifixion wouldn't work post-Attitude Era. Oh, agree. Crucifixion wouldn't work in this era either, mm -hmm. right? But guess what? The Undertaker, the dead man, do you think you, that dead man, when he fought Shawn Michaels at those WrestleManias, do you think it would've- Yes. 26. If, do you think it would've worked in the Ministry of Darkness era? Oh, hell no. Yes, it would have. I'm just fucking. Are you, with you. Are, are you crazy? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking. With you. Are you crazy? <laughs> you have to, man. Are you yeah. crazy? You know who you're dealing with, please. Here? Listen, do you know how they, who I'm dealing with on a on a daily look, basis? Look, look. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. The um, Ministry of Darkness Taker was for an era. It only worked for an era, mm -hmm. right? Because and he got away with a lot of shit there because it was the first time it, he had ever came out with that. Yeah. It was the first time we've ever seen that. That's right. Okay. But the the Dead Man Undertaker. He's timeless. Timeless. You're not wrong. Era-less. You're not wrong. Which means he can work any era. No question. You're the American wrong. Badass cannot work any era, right? Because honestly, in the 90s, like in the early, early 90s when he got there, I don't think that would have worked. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't. No. Mm -hmm. No way. I don't think that would have worked because I, I, I just think the, the, the audience was just too... The era... The vanilla. Era. <laughs> <laughs> well, a good way to put it, you there, know? Yeah. But like, to add to your point, yeah, I agree. I believe that if the Undertaker did portray the the under let me rephrase that the Undertaker the way he was portrayed in the early night early to mid nineties as this unstoppable force that nobody's ever seen before in the history of wrestling or even in their lives as you know little kids growing up in under watching him under TV screens not selling a single move mm -hmm. that was a big deal. Yeah. That would have never worked in, like, say, the attitude, ruthless aggression, and especially not this time. Oh, no, right. Definitely. So right. the way the way it all turned out and his evolution, it did work out for the better. Oh, but yeah. I will say one thing. you got to give credit where it's due. The American Badass gimmick would have absolutely worked in today's company. Oh, hell yeah. Today's oh, hell yeah. WWE. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Because that, if anything is down. more important 
than the than the rest, it's promo skills. Yeah. And he had that in spades and he showed it. Yeah. Like never before. Yeah. And I can tell you this much, and God I like I hope that this is not true. I hope that it never happens. But if Taker returns to the ring, it ain't gonna be as a dead man. It had sure better be as the American badass. But son, but son, okay. but son, remember the final farewell at Survivor Series? That ain't, that, that, oh, I don't count that. No, 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 I don't count that. No, I don't count, count that either. I don't count that either. Okay. I don't count I that. I get it. He, he showed up as a dead man, right? But guess what? That was his mo the best character he's ever had. So I Agreed. get okay. that they got to send him it off in that, yes. right? But how, like, how, plus, how do you look going to a show your farewell party dressed in a fucking biker outfit with a with a bike driving it down the road. Like, it doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, you want to show, you know, professionalism and you want to show that yep. at the highest order. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that fit well with the farewell. Okay. It made sense. Outside of that, your best if gimmick. he's coming back, it has it, to be American it Badass. It has to be American Badass. It can't be, you know, the dead because man. That, the dead man is gone. He's retired. It's over. There you go. Yeah. And so those are our thoughts on the question. Yeah, so great question, M. Daddy. Underscore. We got him. Oh, right. Forget that. Underscore. <laughs> okay. You can't forget Underscore. that. Underscore. Yeah, thanks for the question, man. <laughs> Shout out to the Adrian Singh, who asked us the question, how is wrestling being appreciated from outside the U.S.? Now, we don't live outside of the U.S., so. Yep, we live in the heart and soul right. of New York. The heart and soul of New York, yep. man. Um, I, will, I will say, that speaking from our point of view, how it's being portrayed outside of the U.S., I think this came up in the morning meeting when, Richard, you mentioned that the only really three prominent countries that feature wrestling yeah. are Japan, Mexico, and... The U.K. The U.K. That's it. That's pretty much it. Right. Any other country, you're looking to branch out, you know, you got to do a lot of legwork to even find, you know, decent, decent uh, promotions yeah. there. Um, but I think it's changing. I think it's changing because because we mentioned this last week, you know, um, or maybe it was the week before. Was, I think it was, it was, the, week, it was the week before. Was probably, yeah, it was two weeks okay. ago. Right. So it was yeah, two weeks ago when Abba, you brought up the fact that you didn't like the fact that Triple H was going around spreading the gospel of NXT to the masses all around the world. Such a hater, <laughs> for real. There, there made was, me feel you some guys, type of way. But anyway, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> damn, <laughs> made wow. me feel some type of way. Okay, see, but but that's the natural part of evolution. Think about it. If the gospel never got spread by Jesus, we would never have, you know, the religion that we have today. Amen. You know, right? Like, there are Jews, they're Christians, they're you know, Muslims, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's it's a spread out. You know what I mean? So I feel like the same thing is happening with wrestling. Nowadays, there's a natural evolution that wrestling has to go through in countries like India. Mm -hmm. Are there other countries that the Triple H is planning on to, so, to branching out to? Yeah, so so far, all we know mm -hmm. is Japan, but he's now turning it into Asia. It's okay. Japan, China, oh. China and okay. Asia together. Right. right. The, um, and India, and right? India yeah. is about. I, th to I think be Saudi. Saudi they, they, they signed a couple of prospects from, um, from Saudi. Saudi, but, but most likely, but most likely they will go to NXT. India. Right, but but I, honestly, I oh, okay, I see. They oh, will okay. sign them yeah. to so, NXT, NXT India. India. Okay, and we then, see a handful of those. Stars. Then, yeah, like Mansoor. And then, yeah, yeah Mansoor, yeah. and then also NXT Mexico. But he's renaming it right. Lucha Libre, which is fine. Yeah. Right, and then also, well, NXT UK, we know that. And then also his next step is NXT. Canada, I up see, north. Right. See, up yeah, you north. Go. 
He's already yo, talking. He, yo, on. He's let's already not sleep on Canada, man. Canada's yo, we, yeah. we're talking about UK right now. Some of the biggest Canada has, yo, Edge. Yo, Christian. He's, ta- yo, Ed, he's Ed talking. Christian. No, yo, we're, we're talking about Kenny Omega Mega, and, 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 and Chris Jericho. No, man. Hart. Yeah, but the Hart family. He's, Hart. Emily, yeah. he's trying to get Trish to be a part of NXT Canada. Of course. Come on. Of course. So, Great I mean, idea. So, you know, you know so, so to me, how is wrestling appreci- uh, appreciated around the world? Not enough. Not enough. That's, 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 the, that's, that's the real answer here. Not enough. But it will get to that point. Absolutely. Right? It, it will get to that point. And I think for, for, for that to happen, the WWE has to get involved. And I know you don't like that per se because you don't feel like they, you know, these guys are getting their fair share. But if you're coming from outside of the country, especially in, if you're in a country where wrestling isn't that prominent, but it's your dream to move forward. Listen, I will never disagree on that right. part. I, know. I, I absolutely know. see that as and, a huge positive and, and, for and wrestling look, as a whole. And, and look, trust me on this, most of them will get released anyway. Yeah. Most of them will not. I can guarantee you this for a fact. Most of them will not even get outside of the tryout. Hey, I can only hope. There's only, there's only, a think handful, about it. Think, think about it. In, in, in Saudi, right? In Saudi, when they went to Saudi, there was only about, what, seven guys? That they signed? Seven people that they signed? Yeah. Out of what? How many people that train? And then, most of them, and then most of them, I'm very sure most of them aren't even in the performance center Except right now. Except so you're one. saying. Except one. Yeah. So you're Look saying. So you're saying, to go back to your point, man, about them, the seven, out of the seven guys in the wrestling class of Saudi Arabia, the people that they picked up there, the people that they eventually ended up signing, those seven guys, the rest that they just re- like let go, okay, mm-hmm. thanks for coming, we were not interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think they're going to get the buzz from coming no. off no. No. that tryout? No. Okay. However, if there's two guys that get signed, right? Right, and two of them make it to the NXT shows. You know, eventually, you know, they make it to the main roster and everything right. like that. Right, that's where you have the chance. Right, right. But you only got one shot. If you cannot impress a company like the WWE, there, there really isn't any chance for you outside. Yeah, because when it comes to the WWE, like, here's the thing about WWE: if you have a tryout, you only have one chance, one opportunity. That's it. It doesn't matter what the name is it really doesn't matter so right. like let's say if it's the young bucks like just throwing it out there hypothetically yeah. let's say if the young bucks try out for wwe they don't give a fuck about what your name is honestly man like seriously I, I, they've I, done I, they've I, had tryouts before when they were smaller they were smaller when I, they were starting out you got to understand i see where you're coming from because you know but but i don't think the 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 um doubts that you have applies to these group of guys yeah because these group of guys are different, right? right? They're not established yet. Like, Brody Lee, God rest his soul, man. It's still like, I'm still hurt. Yeah, it, just saying, like, just saying really, that one week makes on, me it's sick. Been, one week so on, like, it hasn't like, been getting easier. Man, Brody Lee was one of the guys. Like, he made it. Right. He was in the Indies. He 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 he, he grinded for that shit. And he was finally NXT. made it. And it NXT. Paid, it paid off. It yeah. paid off, right? He was established, and then they did him dirty. Right. So that to me, yeah. But thing, okay. But the thing is, you're not always going to get, it's not always going to be a case of Luke Harper and the status he made because he right. was on the main roster for a good seven, mm-hmm. six, seven years, yeah. gaining notoriety and prominence, mm-hmm. having yeah. all these great matches here exactly. and there when he was getting the spotlight. Exactly. But, but guess what? The most what? part was in, but, was, sh- but was you know what? The back. But you know what rewards people that get fired from the E? Talent. Yep. Okay. Right. If you have the talent, 
I can guarantee it. It doesn't. It, I'm, and I'm sure it's not going to be AEW. It could be Ring of Honor, right? It can be some other, you know, uh, in, in, independent promotion. But they will pick you up. Absolutely, they will. Yeah. So if your talent speaks for itself, and if you are good, if you you don't have to be great, because not every promotion needs great, you know, great people. I mean, they should have great people, right? But you only you only need to be good. Preferably homegrown, yes. Right. You only need to be good. If you're good enough to make it in the WWE, you're good enough to make it anywhere. That's perfect true. example. So perfect example for what he just said, Keith Lee. If you watch the Keith Lee documentary on the network, it goes back to what everything that just Kenny that Kenny just said. Uh-huh. He tried out for actually not even that. Go back to 2009. Remember the rivalry between Triple H and Randy Orton towards 25? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember those security guards right there? Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee was right there. He was yeah. the security guard. He was one of them. He was one of them. He got punched in the face by Vince himself. And then after that, he said, like, oh, I'm never going to make it to WWE. Yeah, because he, he, not he, for nothing, he got rejected a few he times. He got rejected outright. multiple times. Mm. But then when his name and his talent came across. Because of his work on the independence. Yeah. In the indies. Yeah. That's when they paid it. But paid guess his what? Attention. But guess what? To these guys, you're starting from the top. top. You're starting from way up here. These you're guys, like, when he gets signed a, to right, the company, right, or yeah. when he Triple gets H, right. okay, Triple H, right? Triple H going out and signing people. You, you, you this yeah. is the best of the best. Yeah. yeah. Now you it's know? up to right. you right. to maintain exactly. that level. Right. If you just because give like, me something to talk about. Just because that oh Triple H sees oh I'm signing you doesn't mean you're going to go all the way up there. You gotta make a name for yourself in the E within. Yeah. If you don't make that name within, you're not going anywhere. But 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 to go back to what um, this uh, gentleman posted um, as, as the question, um, uh, yeah, but wrestling is not being appreciated enough, but it will eventually get to that point because Over projects, time. right, because projects like, the, like this coming out, especially in the E, right, helps. And to buffer that point, you know, let's look at what AEW is doing on the on, on the other end, right? They have partnerships with with New Japan. They have partnerships with with Impact. Not officially, you but know, yeah, well, not yeah. officially with with, with right. New Japan, but with Impact. But even you know, but even Young Bucks said and Omega, I think that they were very interested in going through. Right, it. right, yeah. exactly. So it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. So um, I, I don't see AEW as a global company yet, just because they just started out and you know they just. They're, they're babies, pretty they, much. But they're okay? taking steps. But, they're but, taking oh, their yeah. steps. But, but they, yeah, they're taking the steps. With impact. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think, you know, just, you know, branching out yourself and, and, and making all these deals with these other promotions yeah. gives you a really, really good, good you know, um, good standing to actually, you know, do a lot of things. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be global, but wrestling as a global, like, this is one thing I can say about wrestling for sure, Right. If it's going to die out in the U.S., it's going to pick back up in other countries. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. For a I fact, that. like that, 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 it, it's, it's, it's a fact. So, so to me, you know, them being global, you know, them not, not being able to maintain that base in the U.S. At least from the WWE standpoint. Yeah. Them going global and trying to get that recognition from other countries will help to some degree. I'm sure it will help. Yeah. But when when I was and to go back to that the whole the gist of that discussion a few weeks back when we did with NXT expanding themselves to other untapped markets in different countries around the world, 
you guys got to keep in mind, I was only discuss- referring to the individual wrestlers and their situations. Yeah. As soon as they do get signed. Yeah. Because you know that there's, it's been brewing for a little bit, for like a good two, three years now since AEW became a, a thing on the wrestling scene that they want to grab as many talent as they want, as they can possibly get, hoard them. And just like do practically nothing with them. It's just so other wrestling companies, especially AEW, doesn't get a hold of them and beat WWE to it. That's what I, that's all. That's what I was really thinking about. Why I thought why I was a bit skeptical, but I definitely do see your points on mm-hmm. why it is a yeah. good idea for them to branch out, and it benefits the wrestling comp- the wrestling industry as a whole. And finally, here shout out to Alfred. Who follows us on our Instagram page? He has us ask us the question: What should WWE focus on for the next decade? So, in terms of what should WWE do within the next decade? Because we're already in a new decade right now, since we're in 2021. It's not about mostly business, because business is business. They do whatever they gotta do. We have no control over that. They do. But what they do have control over is their TV programming that they can fix, as well as their pay-per-view content in which they can fix. WWE's not dumb, period. Let's look at Monday Night Raw for perfect example. Monday Night Raw is crap. Paul Heyman said it himself. No one's watching Raw. No one's established on Raw. While on SmackDown, you have established stars. But that's another thing that they decide not to do. Why aren't they creating new stars? Like, seriously. That pisses me off. Oh, my God. And also... The question we always go back to. Seriously. And also, another thing that pisses me off, which goes back to our Money in the Bank conversation. I don't give a fuck what no one says. Get rid of the gimmick (laughs) pay-per-views. Yeah. I'm sorry. Elimination Chamber, TLC, Hell in a Cell. Get rid of them. Why is it there? Because when it comes to those matches alone, they should be the ones to end rivalries. Why are they still here? Why are they still in contention as being a pay-per-view when they know that now this formula in terms of pay-per-view style matches, when they know it's not supposed to be like that, sometimes it's not even necessary. Like, what do you guys think? Well, the only thing I'm looking forward to in the new decade is Vince hopefully stepping down. Mm-hmm. Because all the things that you just said mm-hmm. will only happen mm-hmm. if Vince steps down. I'm pretty sure we just got done saying a few weeks back that so, Vince is immortal. He's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> this dude is a fucking android. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, listen. Like, if Lashley has taught us something, Vince stepping down, I think it's, it's more likely to happen this decade than anything else you can think of happening in wrestling. Because they did say that his health is not doing well right now. Right, like right. currently. Yeah. I heard Ryback say it that, that Vince's health can't, can't possibly be, you know, mm-hmm. be that good right now. So um, I, I do definitely think this is, this decade is when he's going to, like, by 2029, Vince should not be the CEO of the company. And even if he is, I don't think he'll be, you know, I don't think he'll be 
the guy that, that calls the shots, like calls the shots on the show. So it'll be. You think Vince is actually going to delegate? Yes, I think. I think he's. Yeah, although he has been. Yeah, for I mean a while. he has, he has been delegating. He has been. De- he has but, been. But he still makes the final times. moves. I don't think he makes the final moves come twenty twenty nine. I don't think into twenty thirty we're we're sitting here saying for a fact that, that you know Vince is is going to be the you know the guy that runs the show. Uh, Highly unlikely. Even then, stranger things, much more stranger things have happened. But you won't so. be, su- but you won't be surprised if he doesn't, because like it's Vince, like he's the head honcho of the entire yeah. company and stuff like that. Yeah, you can't so even completely count that out. You can't count that out. Like even he's like currently this year he'll be seventy six, and he'll still be working. So, Imagine so well into his mid eighties. Oh. I don't know by the his old 80- man, the old man is still kicking and screaming that he has the final say. Oh. To all of his subordinates, yeah, so. which makes no sense. Like he needs to go. You, we all discussed this before on the show many times already. That Vince loves power. He wants control, and he will get that control as long as he's still breathing. But he doesn't want to let go of that control, and that's the problem. And he's not. And I highly doubt that Vince is going to just wake up one morning and just say and just have an epiphany the pre the previous night when he was sleeping that oh I gotta I'm just going to drop everything and not be the chairman of the WWE anymore and have all this, the final says. Right, and then in terms of like like a couple of moments ago, we were talking about talent and like, I have this one conversation with one of my friends, one of my closest friends, he said like, he's had a very, very good point. Yes, you are a talent. If you go to the WWE, you may say to the person that's signing to the company, like I'm in the big leagues, whatever. Like look at NXT for example, NXT, we don't count that part as the E. And it's its own entity as itself. Yeah. So it's like, I would rather listen to a man in Triple H than Vince McMahon. We've seen Triple H's ideal vision of how he would run things and his own wrestling brand. Not a company, necessarily, but mm-hmm. because that's just, that's a whole lot more of a struggle to get into. Right. But he th- treats- th- Compared to just like the brand, keeping it relegated to the brand in NXT that he's been doing up until this year. Yeah, but he- Can you imagine, did you, who could have foreseen the quality True. When, when he first began in that role? True. But when it comes to NXT, to me, he doesn't treat it as a brand. He treats it as a, more of a, um, a company. Yeah, but in not, actuality, it really is just a brand at the end of the day. It is a brand. It's not its own separate entity. Well, true. But by the way, it's, by the way, it's he, evolving. But it's, it's evolving own. rapidly. Yes, that is true. You know? It's yes, evolving so, rapidly. So it, 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 it sounds like, to me, it's a subsidiary. Like, you can't replicate Raw in other, in other countries. You know what I mean? You can't, I mean, you can try, but it's not going to feel the same. Because the idea of NXT starting out as, a, as its own brand, right, uh, came, from, came from Triple H, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so Vince stepping down, man. I'm calling it right now. Before 20... January 2nd, 2021. I'm calling it right now. Vince will step down. He will not make it as the CEO of the WWE Come December 31st, 2029. Okay? Mark your calendar. I'm calling it right now. You heard it here first. He'll st- I'll, I'll give him three years just to be, you know, just to be safe. The Starting ultimate, now. The ultimate bold prediction we can give you guys. Yes. So WWE focusing on for the next decade. Just yeah. hopefully Vince just gets yeah. the hell away. Yeah, but no, but knowing, but also you also gotta remember this is WWE we're talking about. Knowing WWE, they're not gonna let that happen. Like I said, it's Vince. WWE or Vince. Whatever happens, Sorry, Vince. whatever happens, you Vince Mc, I will say one thing. Vince McMahon, the day he 
croaks, passes away. It will be. It will be a big day. It oh, will yeah. be a really. Big oh no no no! It'll it'll no, no. it'll rock the wrestling world. It's, to its core. It's going to rock to its fucking wrestling. core, man. It, I feel like financially they can also they'll also take a big hit because they lost their lead. right. But if he step, step like if listen initially if he's, I mean. right, but if he, the thing is this, they will not lose value if he steps down in time before yeah. he passes. You know what I'm like? If he abruptly just leaves and and, and, and passes away. You know, God forbid, if you know if that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. But if if that happens, then yes, they will lose value just because you know the changing of a CEO came abruptly like that. But if they have a contingency plan in place of where he Which, gives the reins <clears throat> to Triple H, okay. right, and then five or six years later he passes, that's not going to hurt their 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 bottom line because Triple H would have already established his footprint, his vision for the company. So it would have been okay, right, had he passed away, given the reins to Triple H so that he can implement whatever um, he wants to. And also low-key. After his abrupt passing, not oh, before. Because like, all right. I said, yeah, I don't but, think he's just going to wake up one morning and just say, yeah, I'm not doing this Yeah, but also low-key. Triple H has been doing this abruptly because there were some times in which Vince wasn't there, Triple H had to take over. Mm-hmm. And when Triple H took over... On TV, that was has been great. Like I said, Vince Dude. Vince delegates. He does. He but does. When he's not there, it's all hands on deck for Triple H, Stephanie, whoever else. But when he's there, and when he's paying attention, because he's not always there physically. We know this. Yo, yeah, we know. Stories about this. He does. He's almost never there anymore. Mm-hmm. But he's always the man behind the scenes steering the ship. No, no, that's that's fine. Yeah. Like that's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But going back to what Kenny's point saying about like. If he steps down and then let's say God forbid he passes away, this is yeah. a complete difference, complete, yeah. huge difference. Right. If God forbid if he does passes away, it's gonna be big. It will seriously, seriously be bigger than Eddie and even Brody Lee put together. God rest their souls. Yeah. Anyone, anyone listening knows how. Notice how Richard said if he passed away. I said Going if. back to our point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. It's not when. It's if, if he passed away. So. Because that's. That's like, yeah, and I don't want anyone to feel like we're wishing this on Vince. Yeah, Absolutely we're, the, the, we do the, not. The, we're want acknowledging that. that Vince will literally die before he gives up power. Exactly. From, yes. That's all we're saying. That's all that's we're right. saying. So make no mistake about it, right? This man will not step down. Mm-mm. But if you were to, it's because he's literally dead. Yeah. And he can no longer can, move exactly. again. And due to certain circumstances, how we want him to step down. Yes. For the betterment of the company. For the betterment of the company. Not only for that, but also for himself. Because remember, his health comes into play with this. His health comes into play with this. So, when it comes to that, all we got to do is play the waiting game until the day happens. Because the minute it happens, I'm telling you this right now, in a future episode, that's going to be the only topic we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Like a couple of weeks ago, how only one woman was the main topic of the whole episode yeah. in Zelina Vega. And it's, go- it's going to happen. Thank you guys so much for partaking in the Instagram story that we posted up on our account, Wrestling Hypothesis. You guys can follow us on there if you guys just search us up. I lo- this was a great idea. I love that we did this and we were able to answer your questions. So thanks again for that, being as interactive as you guys were. And hopefully we will be able to, we will be able to do this a little bit more regularly. Absolutely. Because this is a great idea. Great idea. Great, great questions, from, great questions. From, from, from the listeners. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys um, uh, you know, reaching out to us with your uh, questions. That's right. And hopefully, you know, we provided some clarity for you guys. 
Yeah. You know, because that's what we do. That's what the king does, at least. <laughs> Amen. That's right, man. Just wait till just wait till we get to episode one hundred. Oh, man. then we we're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're halfway, halfway there. there. So, yeah, we're halfway there. So by this time, it's gonna be another next year. Year. It's gonna be another year. Yeah, we should. We should. You know, we should be there. Yeah, at one hundred. Exciting, yeah, exciting to hear, man. Yeah. But we'll leave it at that for this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening in on episode fifty of Wrestling Hypothesis this week. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or our Twitter account for any updates on the show, as well as on news reports on wrestling that you can find out through us. And we'll be back for episode 51, the second episode of the new year 2021. So, guys, until then, have a good one. Take care. Stay safe. Stay safe. Happy yep. New Year. God bless.